You are now tuned in to Crypto for Planners. All financial advisors are welcome to Crypto for Planners. Crypto for Planners. Welcome back to the Crypto for Planners podcast, the most interesting CFP in the financial planning community. I'm joined today by Teresa Morrison, a co-founder of the Beckett Collective and a member of the Planner DAO. Uh, Teresa has a just very diverse background, uh, lots of experience in corporate finance and personal planning, and we're just very excited to have her here today. Thank you very much, Justin. I'm happy to be here today and looking forward to this. Thank you so much for your time, Teresa. So really, uh, we have three big questions here, and um, the first one we start off with is, from your perspective, what do you see as the biggest problem or concern that we have with the current financial planning um, investment advisor space in the crypto space? Financial planning and investment advising in the crypto space. Mm -hmm. At this particular juncture, I think a lot of it has to do with education. Mm. There's been an exponential curve in knowledge that has been transferred to the financial planning and investment RIA investment community in the past year, there's still quite a ways to go. And it probably comes down to once, once there's an understanding of the infrastructure, I think we'll then get into some really interesting questions as an industry around financial planning and investment management. I don't think we've reached that stage yet as an industry. There are pockets of people Mm -hmm. doing it, but as an industry, I think it's still in the education phase, which is good. The beef probably is that more people aren't seeing this as this is here. It's not going away. Yeah. No, I, 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 mm -hmm. no, go ahead. No, it, it, And whether you participate in it as an advisor or not, you need to at least have an understanding of what it is, Mm -hmm. what the potential is for the future, whether you believe that's an upward potential or not, because it will affect not only your clients, but your clients' children. Yeah, no, I I think that's, that's well said, you know, um, we, we are still so very early, but every single week there are new headlines that remind us that this is a cultural phenomena. This is a financial uh, movement and they're, they're all uh, intersecting together. And because crypto uh, gave pretty much everyone, every community, every uh, corner of, you know, the, the globe, its own economy, it, 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 it sort of has allowed for financial planners to really be in a position to speak with a lot of insight and a lot of um, knowledge to this area because they're, they're, they're just everything is riddled with economic and financial implications, whether it's uh, tokens, uh, coins, incentives that you know tie to um, you know just different outcomes. It, it all kind of has these, financial underpinnings to it. And so there's a reason that like you, I think financial planners have to see the importance of it because, um, you know, 
crypto is intersecting every part of people's lives. And because of its design, it has financial implications, whether it's an investment, it's an asset, it's ownership. Um, and we, we do, we need to have a better understanding of those things. Um, I think it's, it's interesting that in spite of seeing all this movement, we, we still in the financial planning world struggle with people thinking that this is some, some kind of fad, this is some kind of bubble, this is some sort of temporary thing. Uh, why, 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 do you, why do you think the financial planning industry is so slow to get behind this? Um, what, what, what are some of the reasons you think of? So I think the slow doesn't necessarily apply only to the financial planning community. It it applies to a, a wide swath of the population. The early adopters were the technology people because ultimately the beginnings of the blockchain and the crypto space were the, the technical design, what I would call the infrastructure Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so those are, those are the, for want of a better phrase, please people out there, don't get mad at me for calling you this, but <laughs> the infrastructure there in, in the analogous or, or traditional world, it's the engineers building the railways, building the roads and building the flyovers so that we don't have to stop at traffic lights it's that type of infrastructure. So it, it's the future technology of that infrastructure that was being built. We have in the last, it, it, it's, that infrastructure has matured to the point where we can now begin at a, at a, oh, at an entry level to build businesses and activities on top of that infrastructure. So it was difficult for financial planning, investment managers, just generally the population to participate in building that infrastructure. Yeah. Now it still has a long way to be built and there are gonna be plenty of, of opportunities for people to continue to build that infrastructure. But we now have a, a layer framework on which we can build businesses and build activity that more of the population can participate in. So we saw finance coming out at first or amongst the first and in, in DeFi, it makes sense. A lot of the algorithms are very similar, whether it's in the traditional world or whether it's in the blockchain world, we're seeing the gaming world layering into it. It's a very natural fit. One, it's because it, it, the infrastructure people, a lot of them came from the gaming world, yeah. but the gaming world will give us that metaverse experience where you're going to have metaverse meets main street. Yeah. And the use of NFTs, whether they're fungible or non-fungible is very applicable in that metaverse world. So we, I think in the future, we'll be seeing where that metaverse meets Main Street because as much as we want to, um, or the crypto world is, is 
what would you call it? Esoteric. You can't see it. You mm -hmm. can't touch right. it. Right. We can yeah. do these Zoom calls. You can do Zoom calls with friends and family, and it's great. You can see each other, but you can't hug each other. Yeah. There's no yeah. visceral connection. So at some point, this will all come back to a Main Street type of connection. So I I digress because no, your no, question I... was more <laughs> where, why no, I... the financial planning world hasn't cottoned on to it. And I think we're just, at, we're seeing, we're at the beginning phases of them yeah. catching on to it. Yeah, no, I, you, you, make, you make really good points that the, the, the reality is when you are, building from zero from nothing an entirely new you know financial rails for for things to travel on that oftentimes the people who are doing that are very um you know like you're saying engineering um you know computer it's 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 very code intensive and so you have to kind of just be a techie to really um understand it when it's so early and you don't even see where you can go with it and what you can build on top of it. We, we are still so early. And oftentimes when we, we have the, the infrastructure built, culture tends to take the lead first. And so we are seeing lots of digital forms of art. These NFTs, they look like JPEGs. You know, we're going, what in the world? This doesn't look like, you know, decentralized financial applications with yield generating opportunities. It's JPEGs. Yeah. One of and the, so yeah, we, I was actually involved in something back in 2017 and we had created, or we were in the process of creating security coins and utility tokens. We called them amenity hmm. tokens at the time. And it was around real estate, which it, hmm. it's, we're still, we're actually relaunching this and we stopped, we pulled the plug in 2017 or 2018, not because of the ICO craze, but because there wasn't sufficient regulatory guidance around security yeah. tokens. Mm -hmm. And there still is, there's more guidance, you know, it's still, it fits into the reg D and all or the reg A, depending on what it is you're raising. So at least there's a little more guidance in terms of security mm -hmm. tokens and there's more understanding of what a utility token is, but it's actually building in those tokenomics to understand the community that you're building and how that community will continue to communicate to each other and help right. create value for each other. Because ultimately, it's not a winner take all. This whole mentality is there's enough out there for all of us to put it out and to create something together and we all share in that universe. Yeah. And that's where I think from a financial planning or an investment management perspective, you, you pointed out that there are some assets, the NFTs are assets on the balance sheet. So there's some structural things that are say, the same in a traditional market, but there are things that are not the same in a mm -hmm. crypto digital asset market. And I think, think from a, going back to the financial planning investment management world for a moment, considering that's really where we're, <laughs> what we're meant to be talking about, is the level of research that is being done. And there are quite a few uh, Bitcoin digital asset firms out there doing some great research. But the 
concept of efficient markets and then how volatility works in a traditional market versus what an efficient market is and how volatility works in a nascent market are different. So I would caution investment managers or financial planners when they move into a digital asset space to recognize that it's not an efficient market. It mm-hmm. takes, you know, if you think about the stock market, right, the, the, the New York Stock Exchange, it goes back, what, uh, 150, 200 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. It, it took until probably, it took until after we had the computers and the personal computers and the hedge funds that we were, not, let's not call them hedge funds, but the the origin of hedge funds, which is where we were using highly complicated math to do quantitative analytics. Mm -hmm. And that required computers because before that, back in my day, I have gray hair. Back in my day, (laughs) we used to have to do it by hand. And the with the advent of the personal computer and the ability to do it there, it, it leapfrogged that part of investment management and the markets became very efficient, very quickly. There are pockets of when it's not efficient. So it's not a hundred percent efficient, but it's to the point where it's significantly efficient. Mm -hmm. And we're just not there yet. Digital assets are nowhere near. No, it's a nascent market, you know, to it, it's not quite, it, you know, the, the usual phrase is to call it wild west, but I don't want, I live in the West, so I really don't want to call it the wild west. Um, <laughs> but it's a nascent market and nascent markets, you get volatility and that's where you have to understand good volatility, bad volatility, how to identify good volatility, how to take advantage of good volatility. Mm-hmm. And that's where the old, the, in the traditional markets, you call it capturing alpha. It's like, you need to have the right technical skills and, and infrastructure in order to identify and capture that alpha. So, Mm -hmm. you know, digital assets are not a space for passive investing unless you want to take, and I, and I caveat this. You take certain assets that you believe in that have 10, 20, 30, 40 year longevity, and you just take and hold them. Mm-hmm. You just hold them, put them in a wallet, put them in a, not even a wallet, put them in a vault, you know, and, and whatever vault you choose and just forget you own them. They're on your balance sheet, but forget right. you own them. Right. And then for the rest of it, if you want to trade in, in the market, you have to recognize that level of volatility and, and how, how to capture it and what the risks are on the downside. No, that's, that's, that's very well said. And, and it kind of ties back into, um, you know, what we talked about that these, these markets, these assets, although they have a lot of similarities, they are quite different and behave different, act different. And, you know, we don't even fully understand uh, all the the ways that they can be used and, and the different, like you were describing earlier, just examples of um, when you have open infrastructure, open platforms that encourage creative people to come build on top of that, that is, that, that is an entirely different uh, ecosystem that, you know, you and I have, uh, you know, been in, in this financial world where everything is so siloed off. And so, 
tying it back into our very first um, point of education, what would you say is your either biggest hope or your ideal solution for um, people in this financial space to uh, either learn, understand, what, what would you encourage them to do to get a better understanding of what exactly all this stuff is and, and maybe where it's going? Good question. The keeping it in financial planning and investment management realm, I would once once there's an understanding of the infrastructure component, recognize that there is diversification within digital assets. You have different types of assets inside digital. And I'm not talking about coins, right? I'm not talking about whether this yeah. coin is better than that coin. I'm talking about asset allocation. So you have different sectors in the digital asset space that are beginning to emerge. You have money and finance. You have con contracts, which what are what I would call economy. That's where commerce will begin to be built. We're seeing the first stage of com commerce coming in the form of NFTs. There will be other forms of commerce that will layer on because in commerce, the commonality is contracts. Mm -hmm. So you have inside a digital asset portfolio is to recognize that it's not stock picking. There are ways of learning about what the infrastructure is so that you can identify what the different asset allocation selections you make are. And then when you make those asset allocation selections, you then say within the realm of, let's call it smart contracts, I have the three main players are Ethereum, Cardano, Solana. So therefore, which of those and what combination of those do I want in that asset allocation sleeve? And then you can go to different aspects in the digital asset space. And there are different allocations because they represent different aspects of the, of the environment of the, um, it's not even a community. It's a different environment of that investment space. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it reminds me, or I, I should say it reminds me, um, it, it's a very humbling thought to start thinking about some of these things and recognizing that the the digital asset space has exploded in so many different directions that um, yeah I, I just I think that you you need you need a a good group of people around you who can help you stay on top of all the things that are going on um, you know I, I I'm a huge fan of the NFT space I love um, the potential it brings, but truthfully, like I've not really kept up at, at DeFi and some of the layer ones that are, you know, starting to, to emerge and some of the layer twos that are there to, you know, be layered on top of and, and all of those things require, um, you know, a significant amount of time and resources being put into understanding them. And so, you know, my, my thought process goes to just because it's so early and because so many things are, are, we don't know, we don't know the outcomes of, 
are there going to be, you know, multiple winners of multiple, you know, spaces that, you know, just, we, we, we simply don't know the answer to so many of these questions that the next best thing you can do is just simply be surrounded by extremely smart people who share a passion for the space. Um, and, and, and let, let their passion and expertise in these other areas, um, simply complement you know, yours and simply being open to talk about it and share and grow and learn together to me is, is, um, is like the ideal thing. And I, and it's so funny because, you know, I've, I've been in financial planner for 19 years and I can't tell you how many times I wouldn't talk to the guy, you know, in the next building because I thought he was my competition and that we're both after the same, you know, <laughs> same, you know, businesses and the same, you know, parts of town. And, and he was my competition. I, I didn't want to tip him off to anything that I knew that I felt like he, you know, I didn't want to give him an unfair advantage, you know. So it's a it's a totally different mentality to say I I need to find a group that is open, that is collaborative, that can work together because this thing is too big for any one of us to to fully wrap our minds around, and that 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 does require a little bit of of you know humility and uh, and and openness that again has just not been very uh, I guess. Uh, common to the to the financial planning world i come from the world of merchant banking international merchant banking and kind of understand the the sense of competition with the guy next mm -hmm. door but have, have realized it's and you can see it time and again that's just an internal competition for bonus right it's yes. not a competition for market because we all offer something different we offer different perspectives yeah. we all build relationships differently and to the extent that there are a lot of financial wellness algorithms coming out and it'll take care of trillions of people instead of, of having to go to a financial advisor, I think that those, those facilities are great. It will help raise the consciousness of financial importance and the effect on daily lives and the values and how people spend their money and the there will always be more than enough people to support a financial planning investment management hands-on approach. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because so that's where I see competition, right? And in the industry is <laughs> not it's not you versus me, even though you're on the East Coast, I'm on the West Coast. That's okay. I have clients in your neck of the woods. Um, just because you can't <laughs> see me doesn't mean I'm not a competitor. No. That's right. <laughs> but the but it's it's different. It's changing because of the yeah. digital space and, yeah. and not digital assets, just the um, the electronic communication as opposed That's to digital. Right. The, the the virtual nature of how people are comfortable connecting on Zoom calls. And mm -hmm. I mean, we're we're doing a podcast right now, you know, across the across the country. We're not sitting next to each other doing this. So. Um, yeah. 
Due to some technical difficulties in our recording, we lost the final portion of our conversation with Teresa Morrison. Uh, we're so very sorry for um, that. We encourage you to learn more about Teresa by clicking on um, her bio and her um, firm page links. And more importantly, we encourage you to come to the Planner DAO where you can interact with Teresa directly and gain from her vast experience in corporate and personal financial planning. Uh, this has been the interview on the Crypto for Planners podcast, the most interesting CFP in the world. Stay crypto, my friends.